is where we're going to be today. We're going to be wrapping up uh, this Elephant in the Room sermon series. Um, I've had fun speaking this. Hopefully it's been good for you. Um, I'm excited about today's message. I'm excited about Easter next week. I don't know if you guys are excited about Easter. I love Easter. I do hate the fact that I don't get Easter baskets. Um, still, that makes me sad. It makes me a little uh, upset. Um, I think mom should still give me Easter baskets. That would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to make sure that maybe if you're in the same boat, you might get an Easter basket next week. I'm just saying. So maybe you want to be here early. Um, so we're, we're going to do that, and then maybe somebody will give me an Easter basket. But anyway, so um, so we got Easter coming up. Today's Palm Sunday. Um, Today's Palm Sunday, and uh, I, I remember, you know, Palm Sunday was always an interesting day for me as a kid. I actually did never look forward to it. Um, it was just a day that never made sense to me um, as a kid because uh, you would go to children's church, and they would give you a palm branch and then expect you not to do anything with it all day long. <laughs> and then after church, your parents are talking, and there's 30 kids walking around with sticks and you're not supposed to hit each other with them, or you're not supposed to like run and do crazy stuff. And then if you do, you get yelled at. And it was just a difficult day for me, so there's still some scarring. So, but anyways, um, yeah, that has nothing to do with anything. I just thought about it, and wanted to share that. But uh, today is Palm Sunday, and we're just uh, we are thankful for what Jesus has done for us on the cross, and cannot wait to celebrate that um, next week. So please make sure you're doing all you can to invite people, coworkers, friends, um, uh, people you just come in contact with. Today as you're leaving service, please at the Welcome Center grab uh, a bunch of our REACH cards so that you can take. It's got information for both campuses, uh, both of our services. We are going to be doing some fun stuff next week um, to kick service off and uh, some different things during service. So it's going to be a fun service. So make sure you're here for that. It's going to be a great great Sunday, as every Sunday is, right? Well, hey, so, all right, so the elephant in the room. So we've been, uh, for the past couple weeks, and having fun just looking uh, at, at some different things that are present in our walk with God, present with us as a church, present church in large, just some things that um, as we are walking out this life that God has for us, I'm really going to have to figure out this switch here. Um, that's really interesting. But um, so uh, um, we're... I just really distracted myself. Okay, there we go. All right, so, uh, so just our walk with God. What are some things, some conversations that we need to have with ourselves on an ongoing basis? What are some conversations as a church that we should have? What are some things that are there that we would maybe acknowledge, but we really just don't deal with, we don't wrestle with them, because really we just don't want to have that conversation? And so we've been looking at the woman at the well, and, 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 and many of us know this story. If you don't, it's about a, a Samaritan woman who one day was at the well, and she was getting water. And then Jesus walked up with his disciples, sent his disciples off to go get lunch. And, and, and he was there at this well with this woman by himself. And, and as a Samaritan, and he being a Jew, they shouldn't have been talking. But then on top of that, she was a woman, and he was a man, which really complicated the issues. And then even further... Furthermore, uh, she had been involved in and was currently involved in adultery and had been divorced multiple times, which even made the issue even greater. And Jesus was standing there with this woman, having a conversation with her. One, it was a conversation that impacted her so deeply and so greatly that it literally, within two days, changed that entire town. And, and there's conversations that Jesus wants to have with you and I that if we were willing to have those conversations, could drastically, in a very short amount of time, maybe seemingly, that could change everything. And our willingness to jump into those conversations and have those conversations 
is going to determine the outcome. So the first one we looked at was based off of John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus replied to her, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. When he was talking to the woman at the well, she knew her stuff. She knew her baggage. She knew all that she was carrying. She knew all that was there. But she didn't know what she really needed. And so she was standing there talking to Jesus, and her conversation was this. And the elephant in the room that we talked about the first week was the if-only elephant. That because of our baggage, because of our hurts, because of our wounds, because of who we are, because of the way we perceive things, that we could stand there and what we're waiting for is something else to kind of almost magically happen. We, we, we look at situations and, and people say, you really should be doing this. You've got a gift to be doing this. Or have you ever thought about doing this with your life? Or have you ever thought about not dropping your microphone? Have you ever thought about doing these things? And our response is, if only you knew. If only you knew who I was. If only you knew what I've been through. If only you knew what had been done to me. Our response is one that says, here's something that's going on in my life, and because of that something, I can't do what's being asked of me. I can't do what God wants me to. And so we put off the things that God has for us. We put off the things that we know are good for us because we instead look at the things that are in front of us. And Jesus turns the coin on her, and he says, if only you knew who you were talking to, and if only you really knew what you needed. See, Jesus is offering to us a life that is abundant and one that is not meant to just kind of put a band-aid on things, but to change everything and to make everything new. Because when he started talking to her, he said, you need this living water. She said, ooh, that sounds great. Her understanding was, I, of what he was saying is, is you're kind of getting water out of this dingy, deep well. And what I'm telling you is you can have this living water. And to her, it was a fresh, accessible spring that was always clean and always good and it was new it was pretty it was shiny and she's like yeah I need that and Jesus is like no 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 you don't need that what you need is me what you need is this life change what you need is is to see things differently to not allow your circumstances to not allow your difficulties not to not allow your wounds to dictate to you the way you're going to live your life and who you are what you need is is a source that leaps up out of you Jesus talks about this leaping, it's the phrases, it just makes you new, it springs up, it makes you have a jump and just a, a leap in your step that you're just, everything's new, you see things differently. And we need to move from our if onlys that distract us to the if only we could see who Jesus was and what he's done for us. And then we moved on to last week in John chapter 4 verse 34. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up, look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The elephant we talked about last week was the anything but elephant. The disciples were standing here and looking at the situation. They come back from getting lunch, expecting to see Jesus just kind of chilling and resting. And now they see Jesus talking to a woman and who is a Samaritan. And they're just like, dude, this is a scandalous situation. What are you doing? And so the disciples see what is taking place here. And what we looked at and what we talked about in our lives is that there's times that when we're following Jesus, there's times as we're walking out our life that Jesus calls us to something. He gives us an opportunity to do something. 
And because of the way we look at the situation, because of our preferences, because of our mindsets, because of our opinions, because of our prejudices, because of whatever it might be, we look at situations and we'll say anything but that. God, I want you to do something in my life. God, I want to go somewhere. God, I feel you leading me. I feel you calling me. And I'll do anything but that. And then it goes even deeper is that that we get into life and we're even maybe into, we broke it down a little bit here, that we're in a church and we say, man, I I just want to see God do something in this community. I want to see God do something in this church. I want to see God do something in their life. And maybe we know somebody in here and we're just, we're saying those things and God's saying, here's what I want you to do. And we're like, anything but that. Anything but that. And so the conversation for us was, is if we want to be a part of anything but miraculous, if we want to be a part of something that's anything but miraculous, then we have to be willing to say anything, Lord. That our mindset, that our heart, that our, that our mind has to be that we are walking this life and saying that he's going to put us in situations, he's going to put us in places that it's going to challenge us, it's going to push on us, it's going to make our mind reference, our, our mind frame just go, I, uh, but we have to be willing to say anything, Lord. I'm willing to do anything, Lord. See, the disciples, and why I, re- I love the stories because we can look at the negatives of the people that say anything but. We can look at the Jonas, and we can look at those people that have walked away. But I love this because the disciples were like, ah, this is odd. But they were willing to trust Jesus. They were willing to trust that whatever Jesus is doing and whatever Jesus is saying has some meaningful and important and eternal, lasting, good effect, and I'm going to trust him. And that's where we should be as followers of Christ, that as we're walking through this life, that we're not saying anything but, but we're saying anything, Lord. Lord, I want to be a part of what you're doing. God, I want, to, I want to experience the things that you have for us. These promises that I believe to be true and that we talk about and, and that all these people get up and eloquently talk about and, and that we sing about, all those things, I want them to be true. And the reason sometimes they're not true is because we're unwilling to do the things that are right in front of us. And if instead we would just trust and say, you know what, that's not meant for my harm, but it's meant for my good. You know what, that conversation i got to have, it's not going to be a fun conversation, but it's one i got to have. And if I have that conversation, it's going to move me closer to who God wants me to be. It's going to help me to discover more of the character of Christ. It's going to help me to grow in my knowledge of his goodness and his grace. So we have to walk with this mindset and this perspective that says, anything, Lord. So today, we're going to move and we're going to read here in verse 36, verse 36 of John chapter 4. Everybody still doing okay? Two people, awesome. John chapter 4, verse 36. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it is true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant, and others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. The elephant we're going to be talking about today is the what-if elephant. The what-if elephant. I'm excited about this one because this one's a fun one because the other two are elephants that we bring into the room that we're unwilling to ignore. This one is the elephant that Jesus brings into the room. This is one where he says, hey, what if you saw things differently? What if you looked at things a little bit differently? Look what could be possible. And that's what we're going to look at today. This is a fun saying, fun question to ask, this what-if question. The, the, 
most impactful and influential inventors in the world, this is the question that drives them and that moves them. When you go through and you look at the, the things that people came up for as solutions, there was a day that they were sitting there. The Wright brothers were tired of walking, and they were like, what if we could fly through the sky, right? And, and they asked these questions. That question, what if, is a powerful question. And when people answer that question and they put themselves towards it, it's actually when, when answered in their giftings can be one that can change the world. What if? It's an important question. It's a powerful question. Here's some fun ones for you that you can ask. This is one that I think often. What if nothing is really real and we're all just a part of somebody's dream? You ever thought about that? It's one I found on the internet. What if the hokey pokey is really what it's all about? <laughs> what if one day Google was deleted and we couldn't Google what happened to Google? Deep questions, deep questions here. See, this question of what if, it's a powerful question. It's a, it's a meaningful question. Ken uh, Woodward, he says this. He says, think, think what if, not if only. See, our, our tendency is, our natural inclination is, is to walk through and we say if only. If only this would have happened. If only I can get this. If only if that person would do this for me. If only, if only. And Jesus is saying, I want you to walk through your life saying what if. What if this was possible? What if this could be done? What if I could do this for this person? What if God could change that person's life? What if that situation was different for them? What if that situation, what if is the question that Jesus wants us to ask. What if wasn't, what if, here's some questions that I wrote down. There's some what ifs for us this morning as we jump into this. We're going to pray here in just a second. But what if it wasn't a time for doubting but a moment for revelation? What if it wasn't a time for waiting, but a time for working? What if we weren't waiting for our expectations to be met, but instead having them redefined? What if we didn't worry about position, but instead focused on opportunity? What if we could see how big the plans of our Father are and be humbled that we play a part? These are the what-ifs that God has on our hearts. And these are the what-ifs that if we are willing to answer the question or allow Jesus to answer the question for us, that literally could change how we live our lives and change our worlds. Father, we pray that today, that in this time, in this moment, Lord, God, that you speak in this time. God, that you allow our hearts to be so full of faith and be so encouraged that we can ask the question of what if. The things that are in our life, the places you have us right now. Father, I pray that this becomes the question that drives us and moves us. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. And amen. So the first what if that we have this morning that we're going to look at is, what if everything we did could be rewarding? What if everything we did could be rewarding? Can you imagine how if you just walked out in your day and everything you did, it was something that brought life to you, it was something that brought encouragement to you, it was something that just changed your heart and changed your perspective. You just walked out every day and you're just like, man, everything I'm doing, it just seems like, man, it's just going well and I'm just enjoying it. Have you ever had those days? Have you ever had those days? Have you ever had the opposite day? All right, okay, there we go. Now people are raising their hands on that one. So, but we've had those days, maybe you've had those days where you're just like, man, I'm just encouraged. Everything I do, it just seems to be rewarding. We like those days. What if you could have a life that your day was like that on a regular basis? 
I, the other day, uh, I, I got a phone call from the restaurant that I used to work at, and one of the guys was asking if I could uh, cover his shift for him. And I hadn't been there for a while, and I left my name on there because, you know, I built a lot of great relationships there, and, and uh, I really enjoyed the job. And so I was like, hey, man, that'd be fun. I would love to fill in on the shift. And it was really fun because I went there uh, where it used to be, you know, our source of providing is like, you know, i got to go here tonight and work my tail off so that my kids can eat tomorrow. Um, and so tonight I went in there with this different mindset, this different perspective of, you know, hey, I'm just going to go in there and see friends. I'm going to have fun. and I'm just going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have a chance, even if I get three tables tonight, um, you know, because it's probably not going to be that busy. I'm just going to get to know the tables and just interact with them. And I mean, that was just my mindset the whole time that I went in there. And so the whole time I'm in there, it was so much fun. I had a blast. Everybody walked in. They were like, James. I felt like I was at Cheers. It was awesome. And so, you know, like everybody was like happy to see me and all that, you know, it was just so cool. And, and so then, you know, it came time and finally my first table came and, and uh, it, it, was, it was a mom and a dad and a two-year-old little devil um, that they sat <laughs> At, they sat at a six-top table, um, and it was just three people, and they put them at a six-top. And I'm like, why would you? Oh. But the parents had asked for that because they're like, yeah, he's a little devil, and he's going to go everywhere, and we just want to give him a cage at least to go. Um, and so I was just like, this is awesome. And so I walk up to the table, and I give them their waters, and I greet them, and then I walk away, and then I come back. And, 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 and they don't live in Williamsburg, so they're never going to know that we're talking about them right now. So, uh, so I, I go, and I come back, and I was like, I come back, the, the, you know, they, we've got the salt and pepper shakers that you have to grind and all that stuff. The kid had taken the top off of the pepper one, and there was peppercorns just everywhere. I mean, just the entire thing just everywhere. And I'm like, yay, I get to sweep that up later. That's awesome. And, you know, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just looking at it. And, and so I just start talking. I was like, you know what? Who cares, right? Who cares if I got to sweep up peppercorns? It's whatever. It's not a big deal. I'm just here. I'm just having fun. Maybe I get to talk to these people. So I start talking to them. Come to find out um, that they, they were here uh, uh, going out to eat on their anniversary. It was the first time they had actually gone to eat since they had their child. And so they're out on their anniversary with their kid, and they're just sitting there. I just, man, I did everything I could to spoil those parents, and I did everything I could just to to talk about how funny their son was, and, and I was really judging their son, not them, but judging their son, and, and you know, and, but I was just like, hey, you know, and, and I was talking about how imaginative it was, and how creative, and you can imagine why I was saying those things, and so, you know, just, just having fun, and just talking with them, and then we ended up giving them, you know, a piece of cheesecake, unexpected, and, you know, and they were just, they had a great night, they left there encouraged, and they left there just saying, Oh, and I'm not patting myself on the back. All I'm saying is, is that my mindset was different because it really stood out to me because when that was my job, it would have been a totally different attitude. I would have been griping and complaining. I would have been grumbling the whole time. I would have been just walking through, just like, I, they need to get out of here. I'm missing six tops right now. That's money that I'm missing. And so I'm just doing that. All the while, at the same time, I had this two top. And I was just working with them and, and talking with them. Their bill was $30. They ended up leaving me a $25 tip. They were just like, well, you just got such a great heart and got such a great spirit. You know, all this different. And so what I missed on this table, I so made up on this table. And I, it, God was just speaking to me. Listen, Jamie, it's not just about this job. It's about if your heart is, God, I just want to do what's in front of me. And I want to do it with joy. I want to do it with a sense of, uh, of excitement. I want to walk through the 
this life to say, look, this is an opportunity God's given me. I get a chance to speak to somebody. It's not a nuisance that they're in front of me. It's not a distraction that this is happening in my life. This is an opportunity for me to step into something and see how God can use me or how God can speak to me. And when our heart is that way and when we look at things that way, it completely changes the way we're looking at life. So here in this verse, let's break down this verse just real quick. In verse 36, the harvesters are paid good wages. See, there's a thing that we just need to understand that there's a promise that we can hold on to. That God, all throughout his scripture, he promises to his people. Hey, listen, if you follow me, if you look to me, if you give your life to me, you are mine. I will keep you safe. I will protect you. I will provide for you. And not only in this earth, but for all of eternity, you will be good. He gives us a promise to hold on to. He gives us this sense of, hey, listen, when you give your life to me, you are going to be good. There's a promise that you can stand on, that it's not going to be for nothing, that it's going to be for something. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, I'm not going to go deep into this, but I want to reference it. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. Now you're like, hey, I'm not a wise person, so I don't know what this has to do with me. What this is about is when it says wise, Daniel talks about in Daniel chapter 2 as well, those that have understanding. The wise, the wisdom is, is that now, Daniel didn't know this at the time, but now we do, that those that see Jesus as the Savior of the world. Those that have surrendered and submitted to God's sovereignty, God's providence, God's love and grace that has been shown through Jesus dying on the cross. Those that say, I am made right with him. And I am God's son. I am God's daughter because of who Jesus is. Those are considered wise people. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. This scripture is encouraging to me because it's saying, listen, when you know who Jesus is and what he's done for you and you're living your life for him, as the stars stand out in the black sky, so God sees and acknowledges you. Sometimes as a Christian, we can feel like we're walking out our lives and we're just saying, I'm just doing this and I'm doing that. What is it for? Does anybody even notice? Does it even make a difference? And I'm, this scripture is saying, it makes a huge difference because God notices. He sees you walking this life out and saying, I want to live it for Jesus. And it stands out to him as the stars stand out to us. That he acknowledges it and sees it. And on top of that, the more that you willingly give yourself to Jesus, the more you willingly live your life, the more you give up of your stuff, the more you surrender and say, I'm following you no matter what. Anything, Lord. My conversation is not anything but. My conversation is anything, Lord. When you do that, you shine brighter and brighter and brighter, and not just now, but for all of eternity. For all of eternity, you're going to be a star in heaven. You're going to be one that people are going to walk around and say, do you know what they did for Jesus? Do you know how they spent their time on earth look, look, helping people to know who he is and, and, and showing people Jesus Christ? They're going to be talking about you and looking to you. And we're not doing it for that accolade. We're doing it in the sense that it's our reward that we get to do what God's called us to. It's our privilege that we get to live our lives and spend our lives for Jesus. And that right there is a sense that helps us to say, man, I know that God has a reward for me now and he's got a reward for me in heaven. And that heaven reward, even if I never experience a reward now, is more than enough. 
And it doesn't matter even if it's in this life or it's in another life that God is faithful and his promises are true and he will reward me for the life that I live and I'm going to give myself completely to him no matter what situation I find myself in. Then they say the fruit they harvest. Jesus talks about the fruit they harvest. What he's saying is there's a work we have to do. See, when we see that this life is more than jobs and things, we can find purpose in all things. The what if questions that I put underneath this, uh, this point here is, is what if we really believe that Jesus changed lives? What if we were seeing lives changed by Jesus daily? There's a work that we have to do. There's a work that Jesus talks about here in John chapter 4. That if we give ourselves to Jesus, if we chase down this life that he's given to us, if there's something that we commit ourselves to, that God is going to be able to show us a deeper sense of purpose and meaning. And we walk through our lives and we say, well, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know where I'm supposed to be giving myself. I don't know, I don't know how gifted I am. I don't know how skilled I am. You know, that, that, that's a struggle that I had for a long, long part of my life. Well in, in, through college, even into the beginning of my marriage, it's something that I struggle with. And I, 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 you know, I'm not musical. I was called to be a youth pastor. And I went to Bible college and I couldn't play the guitar. And I was going bald. Do you know how defeating that was? <laughs> to be a balding man at 19, 20 years old in the late 90s and not being able to play the guitar. It was defeating. It was discouraging. You know, I went through, I went through you know, most of college and, and, and re- I didn't date anybody. And, and I was discouraged in that. I, I struggle with all the different things that I would see other people excel at. And I would see all of these things taking place. And I was just constantly defeated by it. I was just walking through life just saying, why is this happening? Why am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Why is And so I'm just sitting there just like, what am I supposed to be doing? And we can ask the question of ourselves a lot of times, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be living this life for Jesus? The life that Jesus wants us to live is simply one that points to him in all that we do. That's what he wants us to do. It's not about the gifts that you think you have or that you don't have. It's not the if onlys, if this would have been gone or if only this would have been changed or anything but that. It's to say, this is what I have and this is how I can show Jesus. This is how I can reveal Jesus to somebody. This is how I can say he's touched me, he's talked to me, he's changed me. And this is the only way I know how to show that. If you see that God has changed your life and Jesus is real to you, he's profound to you, he's made a difference in your life, then you have a work to do, and it's to point others to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're committed to do. So then he also says this. The fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. The both is, is we each have our place, and we should find joy in it. So with that, the second what if is this. Is what if we weren't restless in our place. What if we weren't restless in our place? Verse 37, it says, you know the same, one plants and another harvest, and it's true. Verse 38, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant, and others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. This saying here, 
One plants and another harvest. This was a common saying that they had. A relevant, like, more current one that we have is, is that's the way the cookie crumbles. Something like that, right? It was just kind of one of those, yep, that's the way things happen. Sometimes we have those in life, you know, you're going through and you're at 7-Eleven and, you know, you're, you're there and you're getting your Slurpee and then you buy a lottery ticket and then you win a dollar. Um, maybe you've never bought a lottery ticket and that's fine. Um, whatever. So, you know, you go through and don't judge. And so, you, you know, you get a dollar and then later on you're watching the news and then you find out that the 7-Eleven you bought your lottery ticket at is someone where somebody just won $150,000 and they happen to be the one behind you, you know, and you're just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, you're just like, I bought the ticket, you know, and you're just like, how did that happen? Or, or you're going through and, and you're, you're just, you know, just different things in life where you're like, man, I did the work or I did that. How many times in your job? I mean, I can even remember just recently at the restaurant. I remember one whole shift. It was slow, so I cleaned a ton of stuff and just worked my tail off. All of us did, right? And so we're just working, cleaning, doing all the things. It was pretty. We end our shift and we leave. And then the next crew comes in and they pick up a couple things we're doing. And then the manager comes in on, on the next shift and had no clue that we did all the work. And he comes in, wow, you guys did awesome. Here's some free food and here's some stuff, you know. And then I come the next day, like, where's my free food? And like, well, that was last night. And I'm like, but I did all the work. <laughs> I did all, what, what, what's happening here? And so he's, this is the saying. It, the saying was a common saying that was known by Greeks, by Jews. It was just something that was common. They knew it. That sometimes you go through life, you sow, th you sow seeds, you work a field. And because of how brutal life was and how crazy life was, you could die before the harvest even came. And so you do all the work and then somebody else ends up reaping it. And so there's times that you can feel discouraged and there's times that you say, man, why am I even doing this? Why am I even going through this? And Jesus takes this and I love what Jesus does. This is always what he does. He flips the question. He flips it on them and he said, what if you looked at this differently? What if you looked at it differently? Instead of it being a lament, look at it as a celebration. Look at it that you're a part of something bigger and beyond anything you can even imagine. That you get to be a part of something that's a team of people doing things that has an eternal impact and eternal effect. So you go through and, yeah, you plant the seed and you do this little thing here and you never see anything come from it. But then there's somebody else and they come and maybe it's a family member and you've been working on this family member, telling them about Jesus and trying to see something happen and you're just like pulling your hair out and you're discouraged and then all of a sudden one day they're talking to some random stranger in Starbucks and they call you, hey, I gave my heart to Jesus and you're like, seriously, right, <laughs> seriously, you, you do all the work. Sometimes here in church, we can just be like, man, we've gone through and we've done some serious work. We've done some different things. And then other people come in and, and they don't have to do that hard work. They don't have to do those things. And we just look at them and we're like, you just only knew what we had to go through. And we can carry this stuff through and we carry that stuff. And Jesus is saying, what if you, instead of looking at it saying, I did work and I didn't get a reward, what if you looked at it differently and said, you're all getting the reward? What if you looked at it and said, you all are a part of something massive. You're all a part of something great. Jesus himself, comparatively to what we're experiencing today, he saw little fruit from what he was actually doing. I mean, Jesus himself in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Now before, if you hold that on and you think it means you can go walk on water, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is, is that Jesus is saying, listen, I've gone through and I've 
began this gospel work. And you're going to go and you're going to carry it even further. And as the church grows and as time goes on and as I tarry, even more people are going to go further into the world so that people can know the work of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus, he did all the hard work and is still doing all the hard work. The Holy Spirit is working and doing the hard work. And he's saying, listen, things are being done for you. And all I'm saying is, is live your life with your eyes wide open and see the opportunities that I placed in front of you. Walk this life instead of saying, if only or anything but, but walk out into your day and say, what if? What if today was the day that my boss finally accepted Jesus and I didn't want to run him over with my car anymore? What if? What if? And you go through and you just imagine what the day could be like if you gave yourself completely to Jesus. And if Jesus completely changed everything. What if, what if today was the day that I could finally reach out and I can call that family member that I've been avoiding for years and I could finally forgive them? What if, what if today was the day that I just finally said, I've got to do what God's going to call me to do and I'm just going to step out and I'm going to be the missionary that he's been calling me to be. I mean, what if? It changes when we look at it and we say, man, I've got opportunities. I've got things that God wants me to do and we need to be encouraged to do them. So I'm real quickly, I'm going to walk through three things that when we, we as, as followers of Christ that can cause us restlessness in us that when we walk through this life and say, I, I'm just, I, I want to do something, and, and we're just kind of just built up, and we're, we're a little discouraged where our place is or what we're seeing. We don't quite see the fruit that we wish we could see. We're not quite seeing these things happen. Here's some things that kind of allow these things to become a reality. Is that sometimes we become proud of what we have accomplished. Sometimes we become too proud of what we accomplished. See, what happens is the disciples, what could have happened to them is, is because of who they were, because they were Jews, and because they were following Jesus, this great teacher, they could have looked at the situation and they could have just assumed that they were far too great to be used in that situation. That, that those people, that person was beneath them. And sometimes we can get so proud of what we've accomplished and what we've done that what we do is we actually surrender the next big opportunity because it seems smaller than ones that we've done in the past. And so we've got to be careful with that and how we walk out our lives. That we can't be too proud of things. And it happens in little subtle ways. That sometimes we end up thinking little of others in the work that they're doing. We get into a little bit of comparative work. Is it okay for me to be this honest this morning as a pastor? Is that all right? All right. That sometimes as a follower of Christ, we can go through and be like, look what I'm doing. Look at how much time I've spent with God. If they just spent time with God like I would, then their problems wouldn't be the way that my problems are, right? They go through and we compare and we look at these things because we think little of what others are going through and little of what they're doing. We need to change our hearts and our perspective and say, hey, what if God's placed me in their lives? To encourage them. What if, this is crazy, this is crazy. What if them, even though they know less, they've experienced less, what if they're in my life to speak to me? And for God to use them to encourage me. What if? See, if we change our heart and we change our mind, we can be open to all the things that God has in front of us and things that he wants us to do. I'm going to skip that one. That's another sermon for another day. I'm going to go off on a tangent. Don't be discouraged. If you want to know what it is later, just ask me. Maybe I'll tweet it or something. Don't be discouraged if you have little success. 
if you haven't picked it up yet, and I'm getting here, I'm going to land here in just a minute, is that the work that, that he wants us to do, the things that he wants us to do as followers of Christ, we should be avidly telling people about Jesus. We should be on a regular basis sharing what God has done in our life and what he can do in someone else's life. See, in this chapter here, he starts talking about and moves on into people getting saved and transformed because a person was willing to say, Jesus changed my life. And because a group of men were willing to say, I'm open to what Jesus is doing here. It's different than what I thought. It's beyond what I thought. But I'm willing to trust him because whatever he's doing is good and I'm going to follow him. And you see people walking to this place and you see lives being changed. You see things happening that were beyond the norm, that were beyond what was expected. Because they were telling people about Jesus Christ. And wherever you are in your life, whatever you're doing, if you're excelling at that, tell even more people about Jesus. If you're walking your life and you see a little bit of discontentment, a little bit of, of, of where you just feel displaced, you feel a little bit like, I just don't sense God doing something in my life, you need to start sharing and telling about what God is doing in your life. Even if it's small, even if it's a remembrance of things he's done in the past, you need to begin to share. You need to be telling people about Jesus. You need to be inviting people into a life with God. And when you're in that place and you're telling people about who God is, you're going to have some issues. At the church, I think in large part, we failed because especially in American evangelism, we tell people you need to go tell Jesus and we come up with these crazy methods and all this crazy stuff and these books and these classes that you can go through and, and we built up this sense that we have to know everything before we ever tell anybody about Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, is Jesus wants to say, here's what God did in my life and that's where you start. Now, as you grow in your relationship with God, as you begin to know more about God, sure, you step into some deeper conversations. But this lady, you know what she did? Jesus told me everything I did. <laughs> I'm screwed up. I'm really messed up. And you all know it. And Jesus knows it too. Come see him. That's what she did. I mean, that's a pretty interesting argument, don't you think, to come to Jesus? Listen, we're supposed to tell people about who God is and about what he's done in our life. And that's what he wants us to do. But you are going to have some hindrances. You're going to fail. You're going to talk to people and say, hey, I, want to, I just feel like I need to tell you about Jesus right now. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. They're going to tell you to walk away. They're going to just, doesn't matter. You have an opportunity. This week as you're going into work or you're walking through your neighborhood or you're going to Starbucks or you're going to wherever, you have a chance to say, hey, you should come to church on Sunday. You have a chance to invite somebody, but what if they don't like it? What if they say, oh, you're one of those Christians, and they start, it's okay. If you fail, it's not a big deal. It's not an indictment on you. It's not anything to discourage you. You see the opportunity, you step into it. I can tell you this, that most people, if you're willing to do that, they throw up a wall, and if you stay with it, that wall comes down real quick. Don't look at your failure in sharing the love of God and what he's done in your life in the moment. Don't look at that as something to discourage you and keep you from doing it. Instead, look at it as a situation and say, what if I talked to that person? What if I told that person? What if I invited that person? What if I prayed for that person in this moment? What if what I feel like God's speaking to me right now, I stepped out and I did? Walk into those moments and see that God can do something for you and through you. Lastly, every person in every role matters. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21, we can see, and we know this, so I'm not going to elaborate on this, but the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. 
If you find yourself in a place where you're just kind of restless, you find yourself in a place of, I, I, I'm just not sure. I've got some things in my heart that I feel like God wants to do. And I, I got some things that I, I just, I want to be a part of. And I just don't know how to get there. I don't know how to connect the dots. What I'm telling you today is, is that Jesus is saying, what conversation are you having with me? Are you presenting excuses? Are you presenting reasons as to why you can't? Or are you saying, I'm willing? And if we say, I'm willing, then God's going to begin to present things to us that are in front of us. And they might seem like odd. They might seem like small. They might seem like weird opportunities. They might seem like something that just doesn't make sense or connect itself. Let me go here with you. Here at this church, here at this campus, God is doing a work in so many hearts. And there's so much that is happening here at this campus. But we know that it's just a beginning. It's just a thin layer of what God wants to do and what he wants to take us through. We know that it's just a fraction of it. And we've got to be willing to answer this question of what if. And if we're all in a place of just saying, okay, I'm here and I want God to do more and I'm I want to experience more. But we're unwilling to say, God, I'm here. Anything you have for me, we're going to miss out on that opportunity. See, God has a place for each and every one of us. He has something that he's putting in front of you as an opportunity that if you step into it, it begins to reveal more of who he is. It reveals more of his character and it reveals more of his plan and his purpose for you. What he wants you to do is to start at the basic. I want people to know about Jesus. That's what I want. That's why I want people to know about Jesus. And he says, here's an opportunity. I want you to serve in kid life. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. Those little brats don't need to know about Jesus. And as a parent, I say, yes, they do. I'm so grateful that my kids love being at church because their teachers passionately love Jesus. Jesus puts in front of you, gives you an opportunity to serve on SLT, and you're just like, uh, that's the last thing that I need. I don't need to be greeting people and getting here a few minutes early. I don't, I don't need to be a part of that. I don't need to be doing that. And God says, no, that's exactly what you need because you know what? Man, God's doing something tremendous in Nathan Williams' heart. And you need to be around Nathan. Because you need to get a deeper glimpse of who I am and what I can do. You're like, but this is SLT. No, no. God does things. He orchestrates things. And I'm just telling you, he orchestrates things through the church. And I'm ending this sermon today on this. The elephant that's in the room is that we have to stop staring at the what-ifs that Jesus puts in front of us. We stare at it. And instead of saying, I hear what you're saying, Jesus, I'm chasing after what, we throw up our if-onlys and we throw up our anything buts. We've got to stop walking in that place. We've got to see that each one of us has a place. We have a role. And when we step into those things, that, as Pastor Fred said, it was one of the quotes he said a long time ago or a few months ago, I don't even know, but I, I'm going to steal it as my own one day. But that we need the deposit that God has put in you. And you need to deposit that God has put in us. That there's this mutual working together. That yes, as followers of Christ, we're supposed to be telling people about Jesus. And we should be going out. That doesn't mean that we all have to get signs and stand on the street corners and yell. It doesn't mean that we have to go around and be the crazy preachers in every place and every Walmart that we are. But it's to see the opportunities that are in front of us and to share Jesus at every chance that we get. And sometimes it's with the cashier at Walmart. Sometimes it's with a family member. Sometimes it's with a neighbor. 
Sometimes it's to pray with a complete stranger. Those moments, we see greater opportunity in those moments. We're more aware of those moments when we step into the opportunities that he's given us in his family, in his church. And I'm just telling you that some of you, and even me, I've been going through, I've been evaluating, I've been looking. There's things that I want to happen in this church. There's things that I want to happen in this campus. And I've been saying, Jesus, are there things that I've said anything but to? Are, are there things that I've said, yeah, okay, I could serve here, I could do that, or I could minister here, but, but I, I know the baggage that I have. I know the, the insecurities that I have. I know the incompetencies that I have. I know those things, and so if, if only I could get over that, or if only I could get past that, or if only I could do something, or if only I could learn more, if only I could, and if only am I putting things off. You're like, how do I get past that? How do I do that? You take the first step, the simplest step. See, the disciples, if you go on through the rest of the Gospels after this story, the disciples are part of some crazy stuff. Just at the end of this chapter here, disciples see Jesus heal a little boy who is sick and doesn't even go towards him. I mean, the disciples, their minds are getting blown and wide open. What happened? What was the first thing they did? They stepped into a moment where Jesus was present and said, anything, Lord. I'm willing. I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to look at it and say, I don't understand what's happening here. I'm going to step into it because I hear what you're saying, that she needs you and that the people that she has influence with need you as well. And this is how you're doing it. This is how you're working, so I'm willing. Maybe for you and maybe for me, there are things in this church that we need to be a part of that we've been putting off. And we need to start asking the question, what if I was a part of that? What if I went to the bonfire? Instead of saying, there's a bunch of reasons why I shouldn't, but what if I went? What if the connections that I made there were meaningful? What if I discovered a friend that I didn't even know that I could have? What if God speaks to me as we're roasting a pig? I hope somebody <laughs> brings a pig, because that would be awesome. What if? I'm just going to get really honest here and just really just plain, just set up and tear down. Let's be honest. We all hate it. Okay. It's not fun getting here super early in the morning and laying carpet. Well, maybe I kind of enjoy it a little bit, but I'm weird, all right? Set up and tear down. Little things like that. The little steps that where you come in and you say, God, today is a day that somebody, because of this church, is going to hear Jesus Christ. And today is a day that somebody's life is going to be changed. Today is a day that somebody's going to discover hope. And I want to do anything. I want to be a part of the smallest. I want to be a part of the biggest. God, I want to say anything, Lord. I want to step into it. See, what happens is, is we can imagine the big things. We can say, I get, you know, God calls me to be a missionary. And I'm like, uh, that's not cool because that means i got to leave this country. And that means, and I've got this. And I yeah, we understand the big things, the struggles with that. But there's the daily struggles. There's the daily opportunities of obedience. There's the daily opportunities of following Jesus and say, I see the opportunity. I'm going to step into it. And I'm going to say, what do you have? And I'm just asking as your pastor, if you are a part of this church, for the good of what God is doing in you, and for the good of what God wants to do in this church, step into the opportunities. Stop asking the questions of if only. Stop saying the anything buts. Stop finding the reasons and the excuses. Instead, look at the opportunities and say, what if? And what if I stepped into that? What if I obeyed? What if I listened? What if I just took a risk and said, all right, I'm going to do it. What if I serve there? What if I encourage there? 
And the awesome thing is, is the way God is, and because of his grace and his goodness, it spills into everything else. You start walking through your day, and you, you treat your family different. You treat your neighbors different. And then all of a sudden, your eyes are wide open, and you start seeing opportunities all around you. And you start seeing things there that you never saw before. And nothing's changed other than the fact that you're looking to Jesus, and you're pointing to Jesus. And he says, that's what I want you to do. That's the work that I have for you. Man, and when you do that, you're going to shine like a star. And the more you do it, the brighter you're going to shine. You've got a promise to hold on to. You've got something to believe that you have a reason. You have a purpose. You've got a place to be encouraged. You've got a place to be strengthened. You've got a reason to wake up in the morning, not just to go down 64 and hate the drive and get to a job that you hate and end the day the same way. Man, your day is about showing people Jesus and about what he's done in your life. And if you've encountered him, you've experienced him, hopefully it was in such a way that you just exploded with enjoyment, exploded with, oh my gosh, I don't even know all that's getting ready to change. I don't even know all that's getting ready to take place, but I know that Jesus did it. Man, when I get into conversations and talking to people that don't know Jesus, man, some of them they have awesome arguments and I don't know any answers to it. You know, the best thing to defeat those crazy arguments is, is, dude, I have no clue. And I'm not going to try to argue against that. But can I tell you about a time when I was 22? Can I tell you about a time that I was having a conversation with a person and God just intervened and he spoke to me? And can I tell you about how he changed my life in that moment? And they just look at you and they just go, uh, well, what do I do about that? <laughs> well, that was just whatever. But you begin just to show, man, I'm pointing to Jesus. I'm just showing his love. And as you do that, you begin to find out what God wants you to do. And you begin to see the what ifs become realities. And celebrate the things that God's given you. Celebrate the things that God has given other people. You see somebody else coming to the church, they've been here for two weeks, and all of a sudden, maybe they're up here speaking, probably wouldn't happen, but what if it did? Don't look at it and say, why am I not speaking? Why is this not happening? Say, man, they got a piece in this puzzle that God's doing. I can't wait to see what happens with that, and I can't wait to see what God does when I put my piece of the puzzle in the, in the mix as well. Father, I just pray. God, that you just encourage us today. God, that you strengthen us, Lord. Father, that you help us to live a life where if we say, what if I live my life in a way that caused the masses to see and to know Jesus? God, that you will do miraculous things. God, that you will do the simple things. God, that you will do the things that we know in our own hearts that we need the most. Father, sometimes we spend so much time just walking around and running and chasing after things that we think can be answers, chasing after things that we think can bring peace or bring comfort. Father, help us to see that you're standing right in front of us and that you're everything that we need. The wounds that we carry, the pain that we have, the suffering that we've gone through, the misunderstandings and the discouragements those things do not define us. They don't even present the answers that we need. But God, through them, you can reveal yourself and you can show us to be who you are. You can show us to be Savior. You can open our eyes to a whole new world. Your disciples were following Jesus around at this moment. And they saw him to be a good teacher. They saw him to be a good man. 
There was something about him that sparked a curiosity and an interest in them that they gave up everything to follow them, to follow him. These Samaritans that weren't even supposed to hear of your good news, at a moment of revealing somebody's junk, the entire town said he's the savior of the world. The disciples were looking for you to be the savior of their kingdom. And it still takes them a bunch of chapters to figure it out. God, may we encounter you on a daily basis that we see you are the savior of the world, that you're the hope of the world, that you are everything, that there is no situation, there is no hurt, there is no pain, there is no just anything that is present that you can't answer and that you can't bring peace to, that you can't bring joy to, that you can't bring relief to, that you can't do something miraculous and change what everybody says to be impossible. God, help us to walk through our lives and stop with the if-onlys and stop with the anything-buts, but would stop, start with the what-ifs. What if I do what God's got in front of me right now? God, what if I lift my hands and I worship you this morning before I even leave for work? God, what if today I, I just obey you and I take a moment and I share an encouraging word to somebody? What if I go and sit in public and I just read my Bible and just do whatever I feel like you've called me to do and reading my Bible and maybe nobody even comes talk to me, but maybe I encourage somebody that I didn't even know was there. God, help me to stop living looking for the reward right now, some tangible thing, some accolade, but God, help me to live in a way that says you are my reward. You, I need nothing else. God, help us as a church to say what Jesus said. Nothing sustains me, nothing nourishes me, nothing provides for me except for doing the will of God. And so, Father, as we walk out of this place today, God, may we set our faces like stone to doing your will. God, may we commit ourselves to say, anything, Lord, I'm chasing after you. Big, small, indifferent, seemingly unconnected to anything. If I hear you, if I listen to you, I'm going to step into it. Father, we thank you for that. God, as we invite people as we reach out to people to be here at Easter, Father, I pray that you go before us. The seeds that have been sown by many that we'll never even know on this side of earth, God, may we see fruit come from the work and the opportunity that you give us that's not even ours to harvest. And God, may we see Jesus Christ glorified and exalted as lives are changed for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Go, have a great week, invite a ton of people, serve Jesus and point to Jesus in all you do.